Hey, here are the grumpy old corners and this is the next episode. Uh, this time we are talking about uh, how to produce a podcast. So we thought it's a good idea to actually talk <laughs> a little bit about podcast production, given the fact that we are doing this since, uh, I think this is episode number 18, right? I um, think, yeah, I think we're doing this. Hello, by the way. I think we're doing this for two years now. And and I, I know nothing about it. Um, uh, David just tells me what to do and I do it. But he's the mastermind of it all. So I'm, I'm hoping to learn a lot of things today. Yeah, I, I mean, there's not too much about it. And by the way, unusually, there I, I didn't prepare anything. So let's talk with the let's talk about the preparation actually in the first step. So what do we do for preparing a podcast? Uh, this ranges from or a sophisticated kind of script to nothing right <laughs> today for instance we didn't prepare anything for, and for this uh, one. yeah I, well exactly. i didn't yeah uh, me too uh, i mean at, at the end it's it's kind of okay-ish i would say there are different types of podcasts there are podcasts where you are ju just have a kind of open conversation about hey what did you do today what did you do this week or please answer mm. and talk me some questions, stuff like this. Right. And uh, this can be entertaining as well. And I think most of the times, uh, even when we have a script or when we had a script, we went kind of off script quite quickly by having such open conversations. And uh, mm -hmm. I think this makes a good podcast in a sense. I'm not sure if our podcast is good or bad. Uh, it would be hard for us to tell, it, right? It but, is uh, what it is. <laughs> it is what <laughs> yeah, it is. It exactly. is what it is. Yeah, but but you're right. I mean, we started out by really writing a script, didn't we? Like, you know, mm -hmm. full on sentences, writing down what we are going to say. And, and I remember that I sounded very nervous in the first podcast. And that was partly because... I was nervous and the other part was because i didn't set up my audio correctly and i was hearing myself with a half second delay and i was kind of trying to shout over myself over my own voice in a delay i couldn't figure out how to turn that down i figured that out now but um yeah so full-on sentences and then we kind of fell to bullet points a little bit yeah and, exactly and this one is no script at all exactly I, I mean i have to say before i started to record this podcast i had a podcast for more yeah more professional reasons let's say right mm -hmm. so meaning um i produced one for one of my customers and uh more to drive engagement let's say right engagement with training content which we produced for mm -hmm. for the same and uh yeah there i actually appreciated to script stuff a little bit more out right or given the fact that we invited our different guests given the fact that or uh, you wanted to cut it a bit more professionally and so and so on right and uh, it, it typically if you do some video production or or audio productions uh, it helps to kind of script it from my point of view right just my experience even if you forget the script later, it helps in the first step <laughs> to script it out and uh, and see. kind of have a script if you produce it professionally. I mean, this here is not professional whatever, right? It's just for entertainment purposes. But if, if you do it for educational purposes, it's a good idea to have an idea what you would like to talk about and uh, kind of uh, mm. 
read it at least once after it's scripted. The other thing is if you do it more professionally, then um, it is easy to fix as long as it is in a script, right? So meaning you can write it in a script, you can hand it out to someone, someone can read it and can give you direct feedback. And this feedback is cheap or not the feedback by the person itself, but uh, the fact that you can uh, kind of still make adoptions in the text is cheap, right? As soon as you have something recorded, like video or also audio, right, it's it's really hard to fix. You would say. have so to re-record. Yeah, you have to re-record exactly. So you need to do it again, and again, and again if you really want to achieve the highest level of quality, like for educational purposes, right? Let's say a video, for instance. If you record a video, you you make maybe dozens of takes before you you have a you have something which is okay, right? Looks okay, sounds okay, doesn't have too much filters in it, and whatever, right? And given that, uh, scripting it out up front to get a very good idea about what you would like to say is a good idea, right? Because you can fix stuff easily in the scripting phase. You can get it easily reviewed by maybe some subject matter experts before you start recording. Because if it is on tape, it is on tape, right? And if you didn't find I out see. until then, right? Or it is kind of expensive to fix it later, right? Because you need to re-record and recording in a, in a sense is time in, intensive and time intensive stuff if you do it a little bit more professionally so for money let's say right is costing money right for someone. yeah because it costs you money because it takes more of your time yeah that, that makes total sense and to be fair if if i watch recordings you know training recordings training videos and there's a lot of sort of disjointed chaos in their fill words as you say or topic jumps i I do get annoyed by that. So so I understand why you would make that smooth, right? But, but for, exactly. for, for our purposes, right? I, I always thought, you know, your, your script, maybe that's a little bit over-engineered. But I understand you're right. now that I you're, you're coming from this very smooth and professional recording background. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a professional way. recorder. But, I know, uh, but yeah, more, com more compared to me, you are, right? For educational purposes, I, I mean, uh, for the audience, actually, it started as something very simple, right? Doing doing some training material here and there. And then finally, I ended up having having my audio video studio here, right? With a green screen area and uh, yeah. uh, kind of a car. And all your all desk and uh, yeah. all, all dozens your of microphones. For tens and, and tens and tens and thousands of pounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a like kind of rapid hole, right? It's really a rapid hole. But uh, yeah, any, anyway, uh, in in a sense, right? For for this here, what we are doing, and uh, let's maybe get away from kind of semi-professional or whatever, right? Or even even ambitious uh, hobbyist stuff. In a sense, uh, let's go back to the to the normal hobby podcast, uh, right? As as we do, and uh, mm -hmm. for this purpose, or uh, let's say, my recommendation is to not have something like strictly scripted. We went away from that, right? Because it distracts a little bit the uh, the, the open conversation, the exactly. Yeah. And we don't give a shit about something like uh, 
<laughs> fill words or whatever, right? It's just about being I, yeah. authentic, talking, True. having fun, right? And, so what yeah. is good enough is having at least a kind of agenda, right? So some bullet points, yeah. what you would like to talk about in order. And for this topic here, I even didn't prepare an agenda. So I just have this agenda in my mind, right? We talk a bit about... Uh, in, in your head. The, and I'm just along for the ride, basically. A, a, which exactly, is nice, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so meaning are prepared a bit at least, right? Maybe write some topics down. Maybe if you want, write some questions down. But uh, maybe don't overdo the preparation by scripting every detail out, right? Because you would like to to leave this path, discuss something, come back, and so uh, if you have it too strictly scripted, this, from my experience at least, distracts. Uh, the the open the open conversation which is like the actual value of such a fun podcast it, it is yeah. and and you know to be totally honest I, i'm not sure i told you this but you probably figured out on myself on yourself uh, that i i intentionally went off script in in the beginning just to irritate you yeah, I have to admit that. <laughs> I did not. I tried to get on script again then, right? Yeah. This, this is what I did. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's fine. That's fine. So right now we are doing just some, some preparation call or usually something like less than half an hour, right? Maybe 15 minutes prep call before we record going over something like a topics list and then we we just uh, basically go ahead and have a free conversation and usually this is better i know people that are not even doing this right so they are just really? going in by by not being prepared at all right so really that uh, they're just this is our hour this week what should we talk yeah, about really exactly that it was I, I, automatically whatever right wow that's impressive i, I i'd be worried that you'd have prolonged silences and awkwardness in there but well, maybe not i don't know like that now no just like, like this one <laughs> just there <laughs> um, nah, yeah. nah. Um, okay fine so let's say you you have a you have a topic or this is actually the hardest part right so find to find the topic yeah, you would like true. to talk about so meaning what we do is we we find a topic or then we, we kind of collaborate on some bullet points around this topic and then we we start recording. So as soon as you record, my personal opinion, I just listened to another podcast, right? And I, I'm not saying which one, but what's totally annoying me and maybe listeners have this sometimes with us as well because the quality is not always uh, equal, at least for me, right? Because Content sometimes or audio? What the audio, the, the, the audio, audio quality, quality. Right. exactly. So, so meaning, meaning, sometimes I'm recording at home, sometimes I'm recording in the studio. If I'm recording in the studio, the quality is usually a bit higher. Or uh, if I'm not just trying out a new microphone, which sometimes happens as well, <laughs> right, <laughs> or a new audio interface or whatever, and I, I need to use get used to it. But usually, or uh, let's say when I'm recording in the studio or even you who are recording at home, right? You're always using the same microphone, the same settings and so on. Yeah. Um, I think it is important to kind of have a good audio quality, right? Because it is problematic if you listen to a podcast that has 
really shitty audio quality. It distracts from the content, right? It's it's, like, it's even yeah, it's it's even worse if it's inconsistent, right? So many podcasts have a guest, right? And some of the guests, you know, I know a, a big podcast again, I won't name it, uh, who is you know, in contact with a big company and then they get an executive from the company phoning in. And what it sounds like is that just the audio from the Zoom call of that executive is being recorded, right? So you have both of the hosts in perfect, crisp quality. And then the guest is kind of calling from the 50s with crackly, staticky noise. And that makes it kind of even worse, the switch between clear and and bad right exactly exactly i, I mean it's uh maybe people sometimes complain also about audio quality i don't know right but in in a sense there it could be worse right trust us it could be really worse i listened to a <laughs> podcast where which had a lot of cracks a lot of kind of interruptions the the volume was uh, strange and so on right i mean uh, and it's kind of annoying because you you do this by because you want to have fun right i mean mm. i assume that people listen to us or we listen to podcasts i'm by myself a big podcast fan right yeah. I assume that uh, that people listen to podcasts because they would like to enjoy this when they have a minute or maybe in between other tasks, for instance, or when and driving. On the train. Yeah. Right, on the train, stuff like this, right? And if this is so distracting that you can't listen to the content, then it's it's a pity, right? So meaning what you should do is you should invest into a good microphone or an average microphone at least, right? So... Uh, before you start recording, get yourself a microphone, a proper microphone, something like a condenser microphone. Yeah, I think about, yeah we, we need to define sort of the, the minimum level because my microphone was 50 pounds, which is maybe 60 or 70 euros. It's an absolute entry level condenser microphone. I think it sounds all right. Um, it sounds good. It sounds uh, surprisingly well, actually. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, surely yours sound better. But as an absolute amateur, nah. I'm not sure I could tell the difference. To be honest. No, nah, I don't think that mine sounds very much better. But it, it, it's it's more about the constant quality. Let's say, right. So what I what uh, yeah. I tended to buy is I tried a few microphones out. To be honest, right. And mm. uh, yours is actually really good. For, for the price but you need to be lucky or which one I do you suppose. have well you, yeah I, f- I forget it it is called q9 um if you keep on talking i can google it uh, okay so uh, thomas is googling it i <laughs> i will talk a bit about uh, which microphones i tried out uh, so the first one i i tried out was a samson or samson microphone and it was not too bad but it had a kind of a very visible background noise the good thing about this background noise was that you could kind of filter it out uh, because it was very uh, very kind of steady or uh, let's say so but uh, I, I didn't like this the fact that it had by itself a kind of background noise so i invested a bit more money and the next one i got was an audio technica audio technica 2020 usb plus or whatever and i can highly recommend the audio technica one right now i'm recording on a on an audio technica 2020 uh, non-usb xlr microphone 
which is connected to, a, to an audio interface. And even the audio interfaces have kind of quality differences, but uh, really? let's, let's not get, get too far, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I just Googled it and it's it's a Tonor Q9. T-O-N-O-R. Yeah, Tonor. Tonor. I have a Tonor here as well. Another one. I have a wireless Tonor. Tonor is actually not too bad, right? For the price, let's see. Yeah, Q9 seems to be the entry level sort of thing. I saw it now online for £69. So it's gone up a little. It, it has USB on one end. It has a little, little gain control up and down. It's all I need, right? And if you exactly, find that yeah. you, you're hearing me, me through it now, and if you find that the quality is fine, then there you go. I guess I guess the Tono, I think I had uh, one of them as well because my brother or did have one of them and I, I decided to buy one for the home office. The only thing which disturbed me about it is, but uh, again, my, my requirements are maybe too high, was the <laughs> fact that it didn't have a monitoring output. Uh, so meaning um, oh. what, what Thomas described, right? So that you can hear you only with a delay is, is, is caused by the fact that maybe he didn't attach the headphones directly to the microphone, but he attached the headphone to uh, no, I, the... the I, uh, the audio output of the computer, and then he left it to his recording software uh, to to kind of do the monitoring. And given that, there is a delay between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Yeah, you hear yourself, so, right? yeah, I got to the bottom of it, and the root cause was that I am an idiot, right? So there's this mixing software in Linux and Windows similarly, and all I needed to do is to, to just put the speaker part of the microphone to zero so the microphone still records but i don't hear it on the speaker and that's all i needed i, I don't need to hear myself but but where, where did you Fine. connect your your headphones to do you connect your headphones to the computer or to the microphone the, the headphones are connected to the normal computer output yeah, yeah speakers exa exactly on, on which the, i hear you right? exactly but the the more expensive microphones are have actually are let's say the ones that have a, a proper audio interface are included you connect the headphones to the microphone directly I and there, see. there's a little dial which allows you to kind of for select uh, control how much of the surroundings you get versus how much so from the microphone let's say right versus uh, how much you hear from the computer because they act by themselves as a sound card let's say right for oh, the audio output which means you hear yourself you hear yourself immediately you hear what you're saying immediately right which is not that disturbing but gives you a way to to kind of control how you sound via the microphone right? so this is a stupid question and i see this all the time that that singers have this monitor in your ear why what what is it so what what's the help why do you need to hear yourself yeah, because you need to hear yourself in order to verify if you if you hit the tones right. If you're a singer, so meaning, okay, fine, okay. Because you're singer, uh, yeah. they have closed headphones, let's say, right, and uh, uh, given that they they okay. need to kind of hear themselves in order to kind of control if they are kind of hitting the, the Con desired control tones. the pitch. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right, yeah. So, As I say, su stupid question, right? But for me. I, I never felt I, I never had the urge to say oh I'd, I'd wish I hear my voice now right yeah, I'm it's, quite it's, happy uh, not to hear it <laughs> I, I don't only I only put it very slightly into the background right to to have this feeling that there is some con control about what I'm seeing I'm hearing let's say but I it's, see. it's not mandatory let's say right it's really not mandatory. okay 
So and oh. and right now I'm I got I went a bit away from our USB microphones. Um, lately, <laughs> means lately, a few months ago I went away from USB microphones because I I, I think um, the XLR ones are actually more reliable and useful and so on, right? But then you need to have an external audio interface. Let's see. So as soon as you deal with more than one microphone, I would strongly recommend to use an XLR microphone or XLR microphones. So th those are the ones that are kind of uh, yeah connected via those thick standard cables, let's say, right? Um, analog cables, right? Okay, um, and, like, uh, like coax cables, how can I imagine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thick, uh, three, three lines, I think, or has such an XLR. Or reminds me a little bit of the uh, the stereo stuff which my father had in the uh, 80s or something like that, right? I so see. it looks like the same cables which he put in instead yeah. of. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, sure it essentially hasn't changed since then. Uh, exactly, I think it. Yeah. I think it didn't change since then. And as soon as you work with multiple microphones having multiple lines, right? Then you would like to have an audio interface which records those multiple lines, and those multiple lines are then kind of mixed uh, within your audio interface or via software. When, let's say, right? I was about to say when you say audio interface, you mean a physical thing like a, a mixing uh, it, it's an audio interface is basically like an external sound card which has multiple inputs so it has inputs for instruments it has, has inputs for microphones it has inputs for uh normal and on no. the other end of that thing is a USB, and then and the other thing PC. is a USB exactly, and then you and can kind of or uh, take this as input uh, and record or uh, stuff, let's say, right? Like uh, like okay, yeah. but the PC records, right? The, the PC records, record. yeah, 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 exactly. So there are different types, but a simple audio interface doesn't have a does have very basic mix mixer functionality, right? So the one which I have, it has some handles to kind of mix some stuff uh, if you want, right? So because it has multiple channels, each microphone and each instrument becomes a channel and you can kind of uh, control on the interface or to which degree mm. you would like to mix this, right? But uh, the the normal case is that you mix it uh, in software or on the computer, let's say, right? Um, whereby there are also kind of uh, very big mix or uh, pulls, uh, let's say, right, where you that are also audio interfaces essentially just with uh, with more handles let's say right in order to control this stuff manually uh, but yeah um so, so it, it arrives at the pc already mixed or exactly channeled still exactly exactly so just one input to the pc right exactly the one which i have has i think four inputs two microphones two instruments um and i think a, a standard input or something like this and uh, you can already mix it right so you can already kind of say okay fine this input has this volume the other input has this volume and then uh, it appears as one device with uh, multiple channels in your audio mixing or software i see because i have a little thing that is that is the opposite right because i have multiple pcs here they all have an output and i have one set of speakers right so i have mm -hmm. sort of the the opposite thing multiple inputs one output and i bought a little thing which is like 10 centimeters wide and it's well I, I made a mistake i should have bought a mixing board but what i've bought is a is a four-way switch so i have to switch which input is on the speaker now 
Exactly, but uh, an audio interface mm. would have helped you, right? You could have basically used one audio interface with multiple inputs and would have been able to mix this. Say, but right? it's the other way around, the right? The, the output of my little thing is directly the speaker, right? And the yeah. inputs are various PCs. Yeah, but so, Brooks, so the output Brooks, would have to be a three and a half. Yeah, works here. Is. Yeah, could work here as well. Let's say, right? You can also kind of uh, mix this together to one output and put it on one speaker. Let's say. I see. There's only and one I, pair of speakers attached to my audio interface, and I have multiple inputs. Let's say. And I assume it can amplify as well, right? So it it it. Yeah, slightly, slightly. USB. Yeah, yeah. It can amplify a bit. Or let's say the microphones need to be slightly amplified, right? Some of them, at least. And anyway, so so meaning or uh, coming back to the original topic, what you need to have is a good microphone. USB microphones are for having a single microphone completely fine, let's say, right? Um, if you want to record more than, than one uh, thing uh, at the point of time because you're having a band and would like to kind of play some music into your podcast or whatever, right? Or if you are doing, and this is, this is important, right? So, so there are different types of podcasts. The one which we are recording is basically online. So meaning uh, Thomas and me, we have, a, we have an, a line open where we kind of have our communication. We are using Discord for this purpose, right? So we have right now a Discord call, but everyone records locally uh, via his preferred recording software, right? And uh, for such a purpose, uh, a USB microphone on each side is completely okay, let's say. Um, mm. As soon as you as soon as you are uh, have something where you have guests on site, so locally, right? Um, it would be good to maybe have a, an audio interface to which you attach just two microphones and uh, kind of mix it already there, or map it to two channels, uh, then basically directly in your audio recording uh, software, which is a which is a bit funny. I had this uh, a few weeks ago. I had to for. For my customer, right, um, I had to record a, an on-site podcast, and I went there with a with a MacBook um, and two USB microphones, right. And uh, the the problem, so with my Mac is, or I, it seems with every Mac is, um, in there's a software which I prefer to use, which is uh, Logic Pro X. No advertisement. It's a it's a kind of very default uh, audio production software. Has a lot of features. And it's good for podcast recording, but you don't need to use it. I mean, you can also use GarageBand or you can use Audacity or whatever, right? Mm. Whatever Thomas uses Audacity, I'm I using, use Audacity. I'm using our Logic Pro X, right? Typically, GarageBand is the kind of little brother of our Logic Pro X. I, anyway, whatever works for you, right? So, and uh, I attached basically two USB microphones, or in this case, I decided to use the uh, Blue Yeti. Again, also not advertisement, but uh, for consumer stuff, the, the Blue microphones are actually not bad. They are, have a decent quality, right? They are good. They are kind of a bit bigger in size, but unpractical to, to, to travel with them, I have to say, right? The, the fully sized ones, at least. But uh, um, you can connect them via USB. The problem with having two USB microphones connected to a computer and trying to connect at the same time on your Mac computer is that it seems via the core audio of Apple, you can only select one device, active device at the point of time, let's say, right? So what happened as an input or right. output as well, right? So meaning what I had to do is, so what happened to me, 
stupid me, right? I selected my my first Yeti microphone as the input, uh, tested if everything is fine, leveled it, or worked, right? Then I added uh, to another track the second Yeti microphone. In order to do this, I had to switch the device. After I switched the device, my first line was the same as my second line, right? Because the uh, the uh, there's only one audio input active at some po at one point of time. At least if you use the the Mac Core audio feature. So how can you fix this? Little hint, right? Apple um, has a, a tool which is called something like MIDI setup or whatever, right? And in this MIDI setup, you can do more than MIDI setup. You can kind of create virtual audio interfaces. So what I did is I create a virtual audio interface which kind of had our child interfaces, those two microphones as child interfaces, right? Each of the microphones has a, has a, ste a stereo, so it has two channels, which means mm -hmm. you get an audio interface, a virtual audio interface, which has four channels. And then you can kind of select this virtual audio interface as your main audio interface, right? And then I you see. can map those channels to the tracks in, in Pure Logic and say, okay, track one, is basically channel one and two, uh, track two is uh, channel three and four, and then it works perfectly, right? So it, it's cool that Apple provides you this feature. It's a bit sad that you have to go this workaround or have to take this workaround Six instead of steps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> instead of just being able to select multiple active devices at a point of time. Maybe I did something wrong. If someone listens to this who knows how to do it better, he can let me know. But this is the way how I solved it at least. Anyway, good microphone or headphones or I personally also prefer Audio-Technica because they are sounding very natural, but any kind of headphone, pairs of headphones works. Uh, that is maybe closed, right? Why should it be closed? closed? Because uh, in a sense, uh, uh, me and Thomas, we are talking, right? And uh, my microphone, for instance, is picking up Thomas' voice even with a closed headphone. So if you have a more open designed, openly designed headphone, then uh, the microphone will pick up the voice even more, let's say, right? Or So meaning it's a good idea to have closed headphones, right? And uh, have some pair of headphones, which those are looking, or sorry, those are sounding a bit more natural, right? Not something like uh, kids like Beats headphones. Not, but they are very bass heavy and so on, right? They are not good for something like podcasts. They are more for tech new music or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> or whatever music you like, right? So maybe something which is appreciating that there is a bit more bass, but uh, for something like uh, listening or cutting a podcast, you need to have a pair of headphones, uh, studio headphones that are a little bit more natural, let's say, right? You can basically... Are here crystal clear with the Audio Technica MX whatever uh, that I'm having right uh, any any kind of sound right and uh, this gives you more chances to kind of remove noises and whatever right uh, I see at a later yeah point. I I have some over ears as well from Sony uh, noise cancelling ones I think I bought them in 2015 so they're seven years old yeah if, if i remember correctly they cost something like 70 pounds back yeah, then so they they do isolate but you know I'm, I'm not sure on the sound quality how good they are but I, i'm i'm using them for voice only so i they think don't have to i think at the good. same pairs a few years ago and they are usually quite good um, i think sony is good yeah yeah. My current noise cancelling ones, I have these little in-ear 
these little plugs that you put in from Sony, not the current model, the one before. Fantastic. You know, I mean, the, the, the Bose noise cancelling ones are said to be the best, but Sony does it almost as good as at half the price. So, mm, yeah, actually, Sony, I think Sony took over Bose. So I have Bose, mm. um, the QC, QC35, are, mm, and they are really comfort. Yeah, they they are really good. I really like them for the plane or whatever, right? And uh, sometimes if I'm traveling, I'm also cutting a podcast with them and so on. And so they are they work. It's they are great headphones, right? But really for for something like uh, studio headphones, I would not use them, right? I think they are mm. also more for music and not uh, too much for something like uh, natural or representation of the audio but this is just my personal opinion that's uh maybe if someone has an, another opinion <laughs> feel free to kind of comment or whatever right uh it's okay fine so equipment wise it can range from something like let's say you need to have a computer any computer with a linux on it right any recording software plus or uh, 40 what did you pay 40 bucks for the for the uh or maybe 70 for the, bucks for the microphone. For the microphone. Yeah, 61 yeah. at the minute I found it for. So si mm. 60 bucks for the microphone and then or maybe something like 40 bucks for the headphones, right? So if you pay 100 bucks for, for equipment, then should be fine already, right? So now, um, okay, we have a microphone arm in addition, whatever, right? Um, the audio technical microphones are a little bit more expensive, also not ultra expensive. The Yeti, uh, Blue Yeti microphones are also okay regarding the price. Uh, let's say also a bit more expensive than 60 bucks, but not too too problematic. What else do you need? Uh, recording software. Again, Audio Technica for Thomas, uh, Logic Pro X for me. Um, whatever recording software works for you, right? Um, mm. It should support multiple tracks. You should be able to kind of, uh, uh, yeah, edit those tracks uh, with the software. I personally really appreciate Logic Pro X because it comes with a, with tons of built-in filters and it does some stuff automatic, which otherwise would be needed to be done manually by me. And because I'm not an audio engineer, I'm relying heavily on presets in, uh, in Logic Pro X, right? For instance, for something like compression, uh, compression is basically meaning that uh, you kind of reduce the, the amount of dynamics within your audio track, uh, let's say. And uh, um, there are dozens of presets in, in, uh, in Logic Pro X for which kind of type of uh, audio track you, you're doing this, right? If it is guitar music, if it is uh, just voice, if it is some singing and so on, right? And uh, I'm just using the right uh, preset and then uh, this usually works quite well. So, um, yeah, post-processing wise, let's talk a bit about the post-processing later. So the next step you need to record, right? So when you start recording, uh, let's assume you have the equipment, let's assume you have the software. Uh, in the next step, you need to kind of level your microphone a little bit. So you need to kind of double check if the microphone is sounding fine when you record, right? And uh, this means it should not be too high. Uh, most recording software is showing you kind of the level in, in colors, green, yellow, red. So it should not be red for sure, right? Because otherwise, 
otherwise it's really really too high uh, i think during my last recording i was too high right and you can hear this because i was playing around with a new audio interface and a new microphone and uh, i kind of didn't get the settings right and it was hard to get the right settings with this setup but uh, yeah you should avoid being in the red or space uh, try to be in the green, maybe slightly yellow, let's say, right? But uh, something like minus 16, I think. So is, is what we usually target, right? When we record, I think. So meaning as soon as you have this, you should start recording. And assuming you're not in the same room as the other person, you need to kind of synchronize the audio. And the best way <laughs> we found to synchronize the audio <laughs> is that we double clap. We just clap. So I'm counting. And then after having said three, we we clap twice. This clap is producing a kind of spike on the, on the audio track, which you can visualize via your audio editing software. And because you have those uh, double spikes, uh, let's say, uh, usually we do it twice, right? So twice double spikes we is a good indicator on the track that you need to align those tracks uh, towards those spikes, let's say, right? So spike on spike, and then it's usually good enough uh, for a podcast to be synchronized, let's say. Right? Yeah. No, I was laughing earlier because I, I usually do it in perfect synchronization, the clapping. But then David says, ah, oh, you're not on time. Let's do it again. But it's, it's, of course, because of the delay, right? So for, for you, it would seem like I'm doing it a second late. But yeah, but it's yeah, the, the delay is twice, let's say, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, it's, it's not a big deal, even if this is a bit, uh, a few milliseconds or whatever, right? Not, uh, or let's say, tens of seconds or so a tenth of a second or maybe or not mm. accurate then this is fine as well right as long as it is not uh, uh, too visible it's fine usually i think it is like we are in the same room right if we kind of then are let the podcast bounce it <laughs> produce the the final result right it sounds like being in the same uh, same room hopefully so yeah so then you just record your podcast talking about whatever you want right uh, based on your notes or based on what you talked about before in the preparation phase and then uh, yeah after that or what else um, then there's the post-production and i i have to say i hate post-production right because it's time consuming <laughs> you should count in for one hour podcast to spend at least two hours in the post-production really right. is yeah. that how long it takes you yeah it takes me roughly two hours oh, i didn't realize that oh wow yeah i mean i i, I somehow assumed you just slapped the two tracks onto the software and click render yeah something. i could do this i could do this and i know people doing this and this this is fine i guess but i'm in this case a bit too perfectionist <laughs> to do this <laughs> so what i'm doing is i'm i'm kind of um so it, let's say it this way if you do it like me then or uh, what you kind of do is you synchronize the tracks first right by looking for those double claps. Then you cut uh, everything out up to the welcome. Then you put the intro after that, right? So you have two tracks perfectly aligned. You put the intro in front of it. Let it overlap a little bit uh, by 
fading the intro mm -hmm. a bit out, right? Then uh, you start kind of adding some filters to the track. So in the next step, what I'm doing is I'm kind of re-leveling the stuff a little bit by by kind of uh, taking usually your track as the as the reference track, right? And then I'm adapting my volume of my track to your track. Typically, I see. Right? So because uh, sometimes I'm a bit louder than you, sometimes a bit, I'm, usually I'm a bit louder than you, right? My recording is usually a bit more higher in volume than yours, or, or let's say the, the level is higher than yours. So what I need to do is I, I'm using a gain filter usually on, or on, on top of my track uh, in the first step, and then I'm reducing the gain by a few decibel, right? By, by getting a little bit lower. And then, in the next step, uh, I'm putting a noise gate on each of the tracks, right? Um, and the noise I gate uh, is basically avoiding then you ca that you can hear uh, in the first step uh, anything which is lower than a specific level, let's say, right? So meaning it gates are at a specific point. So if you put it uh, uh, too, too high the level, so let's say if you put it at something like uh, minus 16 you can't hear anything right <laughs> because it fiddles everything out if you put lower it down lower it down to something like minus 40 minus 50 right it only filters some background noise out if you have it in between and you're a little bit too aggressive then or if you say something it look sounds a little bit like a robot voice or like a bit uh, like saying something it doesn't sound naturally anymore right because it kind of I see. I would say abgehackt is the German word, right? So okay. there's basically choppy. exactly choppy yeah. there. Are, so meaning it's uh, you need to kind of uh, take some samples of the track uh, and, uh, and try out if the noise gate which you put on it does the job for something like the background noise which you have on the track based on the audio of the other person, right? Because even if you use closed headphones, there is kind of a little bit background noise of the other person on your track, right? Because your mm -hmm. headphones don't filter out everything, right? Even if they are closed, at least right. mine don't do, don't do this. Which means I, I need to put a noise gate on to to get this kind of n noise away. Let's see, right? So wow. After I, this, I didn't I didn't realize you put that much effort into it. Yeah, after the noise. No, honestly, gate, it's quite amazing. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm 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 honestly amazed. After the noise gate is there, there is, let's say, what do I put there? Maybe a compressor on it, right? To reduce the dynamics a little bit. So gain, noise gate, compressor. This is the basic stuff. I mean, you could also put some DSR to kind of get the, the hard S louds out yes. and stuff oh. like this, right? Something like so or whatever uh, would then kind of be softened a bit on the audio track, uh, but I'm usually not doing this, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of living with those uh, three things. And then what I'm doing is I'm, there's, there are some background noises or some, some things on the track sometimes that are disturbing because the, even if they are natural, something like pre-thing, for instance, right? So for instance, when, when I'm talking, mm. Uh, you might breathe or when you're talking I might breathe right and uh, if this is too noisy well, because I am usually breathing quite loudly right because I have asthma blah blah right so you can hear this on the track even with the noise gate 
And if I, I if I put the noise gate or let's say a bit more aggressive, then it's choppy again. So I, I, noise gate doesn't do anything for me, right? So what I'm at this point, but it helps me upfront already to to kind of uh, deal with some situations. So what I'm doing is I'm going over the track, listening linearly to it after we are, are both uh, kind of uh, already synchronized and so on, right? So I'm listening to you and me. And whenever I hear something very eye-catching, like a loud or brief or something like I'm I'm putting a, a bottle on the table, which I should not be there or whatever, right? I'm cutting this out. So I'm actually kind of wow. removing this or this sound from uh, the track which has it let's say which means that i need to listen at least once the entire podcast let's say right and given the fact that See. i that i need to do some edits on it i might jump back and and listen again to it let's listen say, again right exactly so which means that uh, yeah this explains why or for one hour podcast you might have something like two hours post-production time right because if i mean you can also maybe listen a little faster to it and sometimes I'm, I'm stepping over because you have a visual representation of where some noise is let's say so mm -hmm. if you see okay there is no visible noise or there uh, then you can assume okay the noise gate is with this minor stuff dealing right and only the the major stuff is something which i need to address anyway there's also something sometimes some hiccups we are doing when we record right and i might need to cut and find a point where i kind of cut and stuff like this so it's it's um, stuff like this and then i'm after this i'm adding the outro which is the same as the intro on the same track and then i'm bouncing it to an mp3 file and then i'm uploading it to soundcloud let's see right Bouncing is the same as exporting. Yeah, bouncing right. is like exporting. Yeah. At the end, uh, there's in addition, bouncing does some, so this is usually what I'm doing is some, doing some normalization again. Normalization or kind of again tries to align the, the levels uh, of, the, of the tracks uh, to the same so that it, it has a kind of, uh, uh, yeah, expected output level, let's say, right? Um, this is something which I'm usually doing during the normal, during the bouncing, right? You could also do this as an extra step, but I'm doing it as a, as part of the bouncing. And then you get your output file, and this output file is then hopefully sounding nice, right? I mean, there's also other stuff you could do, but again, we are not overstressing this too much. Right? No, yeah, no. And then you have a have an output file, and then you have to distribute it, don't you? exactly yeah yeah uh, you're right uh, so but uh, yeah actually this is a step we forgot right so we recorded it kind of locally and then we upload it usually to a shared drive and then uh, i'm getting it from the shared drive and then i'm doing all the post-production and then uh, at, the, at the at the end i'm producing an mp3 file with a kind of high quality something like uh, i think 256 uh, kilobit per second or something like this right higher than it needs to be for voice usually or even higher mm. right and then we upload this to to soundcloud uh this is also interesting so there are different podcast hosting solutions uh, for us we decided to use soundcloud soundcloud is is a service which is used by a lot of uh, artists or musicians right that are kind of producing own music not only by podcasters and uh, yeah they're 
they have kind of this idea of a community where people can uh, consume music, uh, comment on music or podcasts, right? Uh, so it's actually a quite cool tool from my point of view. Indeed, uh, there are pros and cons, but uh, for our size of the podcast, uh, this is good <laughs> enough, I would say, right? And um, the cool thing about SoundCloud is they provide you an RSS feed and this RSS feed can be consumed by other podcast uh, solutions like, for instance, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So the only thing I need to do in order to get our stuff on Apple Podcasts and Spotify was to register it once by answering a bunch of questions and giving them our RSS feed. And whenever we kind of uh, publish something, the uh, the RSS feed is updated automatically, and so they are picking this up automatically. So there is no, no there is no need on my side to republish this on different places, right? So they can consume the RSS feed. The same are uh, yeah, the same for our website. So you can see that our podcast is also on our website, or uh, listing the different uh, audio files. The website also just has an RSS plugin. Let's see, right? Which and reads from the feed. Which reads from yeah, the feed. So it's also updated and automatically. Google, Google Podcast seems to have it as well. So I have Android mm -hmm. and Google Podcast seems to just have it. I don't know where it gets it from. Yeah, they Spotify they maybe or... they I mean they are <laughs> they are the search company, let's say. Maybe they are just searching oh, right. for stuff like that and index it and then have it automatically, let's say, right? But for, for Spotify, I'm pretty sure I had to register it and for Apple Podcasts as well. So I had to kind of uh, say, yeah, I would like that you scrape my RSS feed and uh, or kind of add it to your list, right? Which is good for the listeners because at the end, and this is maybe also interesting, at the end, the, the listeners would like to listen on them with their favorite app to it, right? I personally believe that, or yeah. let's, say me, let's say I am personally i would not uh install a third party app which is not anyway on my phone for maybe listening to a podcast or or maybe i would do it but maybe not as my favorite solution so the the fact that this stuff is available via spotify which is one of the apps which i'm using on a daily basis let's say right is really helping with the distribution right from my point of view yeah and and I, you know, Google Podcast, I don't remember if it actually comes with a phone or if I had to install it. It's nicely integrated and seems to have everything. So, yeah, why would I use anything else? Exactly, exactly. Mm. I mean, there are other podcast software solutions and apps uh, out there, right? Uh, again, maybe in the future we might change it. Or the cool thing about uh, using sure. RSS as the distribution mechanism is you can actually change your hosting at any point of time, right? By just adapting the information which RSS feed is it. And then the, the solutions should pick it up and uh, you're not having any vendor lock-in with a specific platform and uh, yeah. I mean, SoundCloud has a has a native app as well, uh, which I have indeed also installed uh, because I, I'm also having a, a SoundCloud subscription where I listen to music and so on. But uh, in, a, in a sense, uh, in a sense, yeah, you can also listen natively before it is in Spotify, a podcast or whatever, mm. or via the SoundCloud app, uh, let's say, or via the web application. But again, I think the, the cool, the best, thing from my point of view is that this is distributed in a way that you can just use whatever application you would like to use right uh, which is consuming this rss feed 
Very nice. Yeah. What else? I mean, there is a bit of stuff maybe which you can do in addition, like designing a logo or using using something like an intro music or whatever, right? Stuff like that. But uh, this is all not mandatory. <laughs> so no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically the entire story how to produce a podcast. I think uh, one thing which I forgot a bit to mention is there are indeed also other tools that you can use in, for production. So for instance, uh, if you're not having a computer, which I don't assume, but uh, let's assume you're... Um, yeah, long story short, so when I recorded this uh, this podcast on site, right, I had to bring my laptop, I had to bring USB microphones. There was a lot of sh stuff in my backpack, actually. And uh, mm -hmm. it was, yeah, uh, a bit problematic to kind of carry this all the way around, right? Also security at the airport, blah, blah, right? right. So so meaning meaning there are solutions that make your life maybe a bit easier. And one of them is I believe I actually I'm trying this more or less out right now uh, is the the zoom field recorder so or let's say there are field recorders and the one which I'm using is is from zoom not the not the the our company that does the meeting software but another company which does <laughs> uh, uh, audio devices so zoom are uh, is producing basically field recorders and field recorders are little devices that have microphones baked built in right which you can use in right. order to uh, record voice uh, for interviews or whatever and uh, uh, the one which i have is the i think h4n pro whatever and uh, or it basically has a built-in stereo microphone, right? And or it has two XLR inputs to attach two other microphones. So the next time when I'm traveling, I will not basically use those bulky USB microphones. I got uh, two Shure or microphones, let's say standard microphones, I think SM, whatever. Or uh, 58, I, I don't remember the exact name, but uh, to sure are standard microphones are very slim, easy to transport, and this uh, tiny field recorder, right? I will attach those uh, microphones to the field recorder, and then the field recorder is having a display which shows me the leveling and stuff like that, right? And it can immediately record to an SSD, uh, to an SD card, right? And then um, SD card. An SD card, right? Not SSD, but an SD card. And then uh, what you can do is you can put this into the SD card into a card reader you make directly. Um, I see. And then or Does kind of transfer it as two uh, tracks and then start editing, let's say. I'm, I'm assuming it has a battery as well, right? So you don't need to plug it in. You need to charge it. Right now it is, uh, I can maybe make a sample of how this sounds, right? By switching between my microphone and this one in order to give you an impression how the built-in uh, stereo microphone sounds like. Right now there's the microphone directly in front of me, maybe something like, or yeah, roughly 10 centimeters or maybe seven. And the, the zoom recorder is uh, a little bit more far away maybe something like 20 30 centimeters away and uh, yeah i'm recording on both devices so what i will do is later i will kind of uh, synchronize the the tracks from this one in as well and uh, give you an impression how it sounds like yeah. 
So just uh, just for completeness reasons, uh, right? <laughs> just found out that we didn't press the record button on this little uh, Zoom device. But just to let you know how this sounds uh, in reality, your little sound check. Uh, so now this device is in the same distance as the uh, microphone. And this should give you kind of an idea how this uh, Zoom field recorder sounds like. But to answer our Thomas question, yeah, it has built-in batteries right now. In my case, it's not battery powered. It's kind of powered via an external cable. But yeah, you can put batteries into it. Oh, you have to put put them in so it doesn't come with a built-in no, no, battery. Yeah, it's standard batteries, so standard AA. Double A batteries, double A's. Oh, Which I, pers see. I personally like, right? Because they are really easy to get everywhere. Let's see. Does it charge the AA batteries? No, nah, you have nah, to nah, buy new nah, ones. Nah. But see. right now it's externally powered. Right now it doesn't have any AA batteries in sure. it. It's directly attached to the the power cord. <laughs> but yeah, um, then again, the, the cool thing about it is, I think that you can attach external microphones to it. And then you can also attach it as a microphone to your camera. So it has also a, a connector ah. to uh, from from its output to the input of your uh, DSLR camera, right? So you can use it as an as a microphone for your camera. And then it is also acting as a as an audio interface by itself, right? Because it's also having a USB connection to the to the computer. And if you connect it directly to your Mac via USB, then uh, it is more or less the same as an audio interface with two inputs. Let's see. I see. No, I'd be interested to hear the quality on that device. Yeah, they they are intended to have a quite good quality. Let's see, right? So they are. But let's see, we, we can compare it, let's see, right? It's not a complete one-to-one -one, one -one comparison, right? Because it's a bit more far away than the, the other microphone here. But I mm. think it uh, should give everyone a kind of impression. So but uh, so long story short, if, if you don't want to have a PC for recording purposes, you can also use such a Zoom recorder. The microphones, in theory, should be good enough quality to, to get to to be sufficient right for podcast recordings and then um and what else how, how much is a zoom recorder then or an entry level one maybe not that one i don't know mm -hmm. if that's entry level i don't know man I, I think i have two i have one h2n which has only the microphone and no external inputs and i think the h2n is about 150 maybe Okay, so not not crazy money. Not crazy but, money. You know, the, still uh, I think the H4N is about 350 maybe, right? With the connectors of, for the external microphones. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Wait a second. Need to double check something. <laughs> the H2N <laughs> actually. Now he doesn't, it doesn't have an external power supply. Um, yeah, also an SD card, also an USB port, but maybe not suitable as an audio interface, but you can record basically directly with this one here, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the, the small version of it. The H2N uh, should also be good enough for podcast recording stuff. You have an, you can connect something like a, like a, a, 
or an XL microphone which you can put or uh, on your shirt or whatever, right? Not an XL. Oh, I see. So, such one, a small one. Or uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, that's it basically, right? I don't have to tell more <laughs> about this stuff. <laughs> Do you have any? That's very interesting. Yeah, maybe a bit. Do you have any questions? No, I, no, I think that was very clear. We don't have any no questions, much. yeah, but then it's a very I, dry I, episode, right? In a, in the sense, I talked only about podcast equipment all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just summing it up, right? So to get started, you need a PC, and an entry level microphone is around sixty pounds, and you need some over your headphones, and you know some free mixing software. Mm -hmm right even though you use non-free software but that's your preference it's my you preference you don't have to do yeah. that exactly and you know all the hosting is free as well nah so it is, it's not like, isn't it oh, does, oh the SoundCloud has a subscription yeah, yeah it has a subscription but there is also I think there are also free hosting uh, so the guy from Hacker Public Radio right reached out to us a while back and asked via Twitter if you are interested to host it on his site uh, so yeah there if you're an open source uh, if you have an open source topic or whatever topic around tech I would say right um, you can also reach out to Hacker Public Radio and they host it for free I think right so why why did we say no to that we didn't Just say no interest. we didn't say no we we basically said we just said maybe we said hey here if you want we have an rss feed the only thing is uh why i mean he didn't follow up with us yet about the rss feed maybe we should proactively just send it to him and then he can decide if he pulls it in or not the, the only thing is, uh, maybe this is a good question about deciding, I need to get my head around by myself, I have to say. So, let's say on Hacker Public Radio, it seems the preference is that you're kind of our Creative Commons, let's say, right? So, meaning that your license is Creative Commons, meaning you, you're kind of giving the... Uh, the um, writes on your audio content to the public let's say right yes so this is my but, interpretation of creative oh, commons let's say but aren't we doing that i, I don't actually know what is all license? Nah, we are not uh, we we have an all 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 rights reserved license we we do yeah oh wow yeah we do actually <laughs> so if somebody shares our audience we could sue uh shares our audio no, no, no. We wow. we permit uh, we permit uh, the sharing basically, right? To to others that are consuming our RSS feed, uh, but uh, uh, someone can't use. Uh, so this is explicitly permitted now here, right? That you can take our audio content, uh, spread it, uh, but uh, you need to kind of tell that it's from us, let's say, right? So that it's basically yes. produced by us and where it originates from. And um, yeah, you can't change it and rearrange it and stuff like this, right? Whereby for yeah. for uh, Creative Commons, my understanding is, I'm not sure how it is about telling people about where it originates from, but you can kind of take it, combine it, do whatever you want with it, let's say. I think there are different flavors of Creative yeah, yeah, Commons. I think yeah, there is yeah. Creative Commons share alike uh, exactly. and stuff that, that says that if you share it, you have to 
attribute. Exactly, you're right. But uh, I, I guess they they kind of. I'm not sure which one it is. He just said Creative Commons, right? And I ask myself the same question: Which Creative Commons actually? Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it <laughs> because the Creative Commons is basically uh, yeah a portfolio of licenses and not just one license? Let's say, right? Let's assume he has the most open license in mind, right? Then people can just use it, do whatever they want with it, which is maybe not too bad, uh, let's say, but on the other hand side, uh, yeah, so far we didn't have any issues with all rights reserved. And uh, I think this is more or less the, the standard if you start a podcast. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, let's say if you if you don't want to get into any license issues or whatever, right? Um, you maybe start it like that, and then you can still make a decision. I again, I I we need to get our head around a bit um, of it, uh, what we would like to have or not have, right? Regarding the Creative Commons license, mm. um, maybe there are not good reasons to avoid it. I I'm not sure. I don't know. I, me too. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm always sort of starting from the position: what's the worst that could happen, right? Somebody could edit our words, rearrange them to make us say something racist or something. But who would do that and why, right? So, if, what's the worst that could happen, right? And and it's not like we're gonna you lose revenue or something. No, nah, indeed right? not. We don't have any sponsors or anything. Exactly. So, not yet, mm, man. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's dream uh, to dream here yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> nah indeed, indeed. Uh, me, I, I mean honestly I'm a big fan of open source right in, in general I worked for a bunch of open source companies and so on but I have also a controversial opinion about and now people might hate me or not but I think we, we already had some discussions about or in our episode open worlds about this right and uh, I, I think licenses, license decisions should be left to the to the owner of whatever it is, software, art, uh, podcast, or whatever, right? And I personally think those owners should not be criticized for their decision to pick a specific license no, because not. they are the owners, let's say, oh. right? So no, totally. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but course. it's not everyone agrees with it. This is the fun thing, right? So pe people in the open source community what? talk a lot about free open source and uh, uh, freedom and whatever, right? But uh, you you wouldn't believe how many heated up discussions I had about open source licensing and about the fact that people think that this or that license is not the right one, right? Where where I am saying, okay, fine, but this is not up to the community let's say no at not at some point i mean it's up to the owner of the software who created it i agree at some point it comes a bit complicated right so if for instance a community is contributing a lot to a software and then the uh, there is a collective interest in that software and this is the main reason why the community contributed to it and uh, kind of wanted to have also the benefit of using it all the way all the time under this license and then a vendor would decide to kind of close this license then i agree this is problematic right because you kind of devalue the 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 the, uh, the effort the community put in let's say right but can't you just yeah think about it. and this has happened right we we all could probably name examples where this has happened but couldn't you but you you can't 
change the license on a software retrospectively. No, no, no right? you can't. But you can only say from this commit into Git history on yeah, but the license. At some is point, it becomes that, effectively the right? same. At some point, it becomes effectively the same. That's yeah, but right. then somebody could fork from yeah, yeah, yeah. one commit indeed, before indeed, the license indeed. change and start indeed, their own thing. Indeed, right? they could. And this is what MariaDB is. A, a, exactly what MariaDB is, for instance. Exactly. But anyway, right? Uh, let's assume that there is something like a like a project and someone started this project with a specific license or maybe uh, the, the company itself was the main contributor to all the stuff um, and they had it under a specific license when they then decide to change the license and they have the have all the rights to do so right at some point of time for for the future then that's it right i mean the, there is no there is really no discussion about this let's say because there is no damage to the community let's say uh, indeed some some people might not like it because they 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 wanted to have it under a specific license or to provide it or as their own service or whatever right but but uh, there's really no discussion right as long as uh, no. you're not violating mm. the interests of a bigger community that actively contributed to the source code and uh, and and kind of edit uh, stuff by themselves right you, you can do whatever you want with your own software so if i so let's assume i'm developing a software and i'm putting this under an open source license and then uh, no one except me contributed to it right which happened for most of my <laughs> open source projects by the way <laughs> no one except me <laughs> contributed so far and i'm deciding tomorrow to to make this a closed source license right going forward then this is my decision because i i basically put the work in and i i kind of own the source code and that's just how it is then right so uh, and this is the same with uh, with licenses for for creative stuff i would say right so the people have to decide which license is the right one for them without being criticized let's say yeah, I totally agree. It's up to you. You're the project owner. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And especially in the case where you're the only contributor, that makes it even clearer, right? It, it's up to you to change that license whenever you like. Exactly. So for instance, I, I guess Hacker Public Radio doesn't have it as mandatory to be creative comments, right? They just encourage you to be creative comments. But for something like a podcast, for instance, if you decide to not be creative comments, but all rights reserved, right? But you give them the permission to distribute your stuff then this should be totally fine, right? This, uh, I, I mean, in a, in a community sense, this should not be an exclusive criteria. In a community sense, right, this, is, this should be just accepted, right? That you decided, hey, fine, this is my license, right? Indeed, they can then decide to publish it or not, right? But if they really want to kind mm -hmm. of uh, uh, spread stuff, spread the word, spread podcasts, whatever, right? They, they need to live with the fact that people decide for their own licenses. And I think all rights reserved is the most, uh, gives us most of the control. And this is the reason why I decided to use it in the first step. And you can always give up control later, right? But it's hard to get control back later, let's say. That's true. Hmm. So as I say, I mean, for, for me, the value is in talking to you, learning stuff. Indeed. Right, we're not we're not making any money of this, so to me, at least not you. No, just doesn't kidding. have any impact. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> uh, no, indeed you're right. Huh? <laughs> nah, indeed not. Um, 
So it's uh, it's really just, uh, I mean, our po podcast is not really popular in comparison to others, right? I mean, there are other podcasts. And the others are very, I mean, I'm listening to a bunch of German podcasts and they are actually quite funny. They, they have very obviously advertisement in them, right? Something like after, mm. after something like 10 minutes, oh, advertisement. And then, yeah. Uh, they do this for something like two minutes and then 10 minutes later they do another advertisement and it's always very transparently marked as being as advertisement let's say right but uh well that's fine i guess i guess if you i mean not that i we need this and whatever again this podcast is more for us to have conversations and so on but uh if you want to have something like that right uh, you need to have by yourself already a specific size in a number of listeners and this is not our target let's say right and also That's maybe right. hard to achieve i would not know how to get this amount of listeners to be honest right so which is maybe a good end of this episode right because dear listener right if you listen to this episode about how to make a <laughs> podcast in order to find out how to win a ton of listeners and to be totally successful we can't tell you because this is outside of our expertise <laughs> no idea man <laughs> no clue about that right we can help you a bit maybe or I, I hope we could give you some insights about how to get started right maybe which equipment you need how to host it or or maybe how to post process some of the stuff. But if you ask us, hey, how can I get rich with podcasts? Uh, I don't know. Uh, don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to be, actually. That's <laughs> uh, fine. We're doing all right. Not with Both podcasts, us, at least. <laughs> Not with podcasts, but yeah, yeah we're doing okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, dear listener, thank you very much for listening and uh, goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.